0: I didn't have time to uh, edit a new open today. Sorry about that. I uh, wasn't stuck in an airport like somebody else who uh, shall... Stay hot. Uh, i tell you what, I really appreciate you being here today because you had more travel issues on the busiest, uh, they say, travel weekend of the year in New York. You didn't get out till after midnight last night?
1: No, and uh, I did uh, participate in airport Twitter first time in a couple years. And yeah, you were prolific last night on uh, I was hot. I was hot last night. I, was, I started commenting on my own tweets. <laughs> that's how. That's what a Twitter storm I was in. I feel for you, man. It's been a
0: while since I've been stuck in that because I yeah. certainly don't travel as often as you do. It's hard to keep your cool in those situations. Well, it's frustrating. Nobody but everybody in the airports be, frustrated. Nobody
1: wants to be in that situation. Yeah. So I look around, and I think it's, you know, quite frankly, I, I was reminded of my, my faith and how I'm supposed to act in that situation. I know the pilots don't want to be in that and the, and the people working the counters and the flight attendants. And nobody wants to be there in that situation, but we all are, and there's nothing you're going to do about it. You can mm-hmm. yell and scream and stomp your feet all you want. Uh, it's just not going to matter. So um, I thought for the most part, I, I did ask the question, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, is, you know, do flight attendants, do they all have to be there to be able to take off, or can you go to the, the uh, power play and, I guess, uh, FAA regulations? Yeah,
0: I, I get your question. I mean, I do, and I understand your frustration. It does seem a little bit nonsensical. That it was a friend. They yep. need a friend. A friend was asking that. Yeah, so let's say they need four, and they got three. You'd think, like you say on a power play, you're a man down. <laughs> but I suppose, you know, worst-case scenario, emergency in the air. Everybody's got duties to do and all that. But I'm glad you're here. Appreciate you're here. We got a ton to talk about today, which, you know, Goodness. start with 56 to 27. And, uh, boy, uh, Ohio State, first of all, dominant. It's Ohio State was just amazing Saturday. I did have people texting me during the game the first half when Michigan was throwing the ball, like, hey, you said this would be easy, and didn't the didn't the tenor of the game, the way it was unfolding, tell you that what Michigan was doing was not sustainable, and that eventually what happened was going to happen?
1: Yeah, I think anytime you're one hundred percent reliant on throwing the football, eventually bad things are going to happen, and that's why we see so many games in the NFL, for example, will have so many quarterbacks will throw for three hundred plus yards, right? But they still lose the game. Yeah, and and that's I mean that's really a telling stat to me. And I was thinking those same things. Yeah, they're going good now, but it is not sustainable. You're exactly right. Then you you add on top of that the mistakes, whether it's the fumble by Shea Patterson, a drop pass by Peoples-Jones, the jumping Mm -hmm. offsides. I mean, um, those self-inflicted wounds. And to go four for 25 in the second half, now that wasn't all Shea Patterson. I thought Shea Patterson played well enough for his team to win, And I thought the offensive line, for the most part, did announce the best job of blocking Ohio State's yeah. front four. As yeah. Urban Meyer said at halftime, they have to start bringing five because they're not getting there with four. So I thought Michigan's effort was there. Uh, I received a lot of questions on Twitter because I did open it up for questions last night in the airport on Ohio State and Michigan. And, mm-hmm. you know... Most people agree with me. Uh, Jim Harbaugh doesn't agree with me, and this is not an insult, Jim. And it's it is, and it's not a question. It's an observation. Yeah. The observation is, and I don't. I I mean, you you got to be honest when you're looking at this. They don't have the people that Ohio State has, and if you do now, in fairness to Jim, Joey Galloway said this. Jim's not going to come out there and publicly no. Slam the guy, but he also didn't need to slam the reporter. He could have answered that question in a better way as opposed to I'm not going to, I'll answer your questions, but not your insults. It's not an insult, it's an observation. And until Michigan can get to the level of Ohio State as far as depth and talent in recruiting, they're not going to be close in this game. Right, it's right. just not going to happen. Unless they, you know, it could happen once every 10 years where you get a, a, a fluke. Do you agree?
0: I do agree, and it's very obvious uh, when you watch the teams play. You know, if I think I said in a story I've written for SI.com, or maybe I tweeted it, that if the uniforms weren't the winged helmets, you'd look out there and you'd think that's Ohio State and Nebraska, or that's Ohio State and Maryland, or that's Ohio State and Ohio, Ohio Iowa. State and anybody else in yeah. the Big Ten. Yeah, really, uh, except Penn State.
1: You know what? You except had a. Uh, I, I do want to. You had a very interesting tweet, and I thought it was. Uh, I'm actually complimenting you, which is a rarity. Good. But you Thanks. said it's not that the Big Ten has regressed. It's just Ohio State. Well, they've ascended. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they've transitioned. I just, they have. It's, yeah. I mean, they've just gone into the it's stratosphere. Same big, you're right. It's the same Big Ten to me. I mean, good competitive it teams. Is. If you took <laughs> Ohio
0: State out of the Big Ten, we'd be saying all the things about the Big Ten that we said before Urban came to the Big Ten. We would. We'd be saying Ohio State's not, that the SEC's on a different level than the Big Ten. The only reason the Big Ten doesn't hear that anymore is because the Ohio State is on the SEC's level. Yeah, they carry it. And Urban came from the SEC. He understood what SEC athleticism looked like and NFL athleticism looked like.
1: If I were Gene Smith, I would ask for a bigger percentage of the cut for Ohio State yeah. since they've been carrying the... Carrying the water. Uh, they, they, I mean, or that, a back brace. I mean, not, carrying the rest of the little You league. know, you have to... Like, when you make these observations in common, I mean, that's a true statement. I mean, they carry it for the Big Ten. And gosh forbid, I don't think you and I will see it in our lifetime, but if Ohio State does have any down years over a I I don't think they'll ever have a Michigan period of prolonged...
0: Uh, well, they're the exception. Every other big program, Texas, USC, Nebraska, Alabama? Notre Dame, Alabama... Uh, Every other one, name it. Name another program that hasn't had a prolonged, two-year yeah. or more bowl-less swoon. There isn't one. Ohio State's the only I think one. Penn
1: State would be. The Penn State close had second. one.
0: Penn State had one. For Paterno. How many years? Paterno had some down years. Oh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, Paterno I mean, had some down years. The Bill O'Brien years were not special. James Franklin Uh, took a little while to get him going? I I
1: think the Bill O'Brien years were pretty darn good considering what he was working with with a bunch of walk-ons. Yeah,
0: true. Uh, Here's the incident that Chris referred to, and uh, we don't have this locked into a certain format. I think this will work just fine. Here's Jim Harbaugh after the game, question from the reporter, and his response. Is it a preparation gap? Is it a coaching gap? What is the biggest difference between
1: you and Ohio State at this point? I mean, I'll answer your questions, not your insults, so... Points two years. They played really good. They played good. That's I'm asking what's the biggest difference in the gap, I think. They played better
0: today. I do think he's a little bit handcuffed there because, like you say, remember John Cooper got ripped for saying, you know, we don't have enough good players early on. Yeah. It was seen as a shot at Earl. Uh, there's no. Sometimes there's no way to answer a question oh. truthfully, and that's maybe one of those questions. Right. But, again – the truthful answer makes his players look bad. Let's be honest, it also makes him look bad. He's been there long enough that that shouldn't be the issue, that he shouldn't have well, a talent the disparity. That's the
1: biggest issue.
0: Yeah. Look, to me, I was thinking about it this morning. He needs a transformative player. He does. He needs a transformative player. So I was thinking back, okay, Ohio State-Michigan, when the rivalry flipped, it flipped in 2001. That's the easy point to say where the rivalry flipped. I think the rivalry really flipped and took this – you know, progressive turn point of no return in 2004 with Troy Smith. Troy Smith is the guy that I think flipped this rivalry. 040506. He made the plays in all of those yeah. games that made Ohio State a winner of 3 in a row because you know, 2001, all right, this rivalry's been defined by upsets. Tresco's up there. Jonathan Wells has a big game. Michigan's throwing into the end zone there. And I think it was David Terrell dropped a touchdown yeah. pass from John, uh, from whoever their quarterback was. It wasn't maybe, maybe it was Navarre. But he dropped Michigan was coming back in 01. People forgot that. They were in position to win the game, they drop a touchdown pass. All right, no two. Ohio State's got a great team. Michigan's got a great team. They battle, they battle, they battle. Ohio State wins the close game. I don't think you could say at that point in time Michigan's not a threat
1: anymore. Oh, or oh, or, th- or a talent to yeah, level. Yeah, oh three. They've got
0: they've got Braylon Edwards and they've got players and they win in 0-3, and it's a knockdown dragout. Whoever wins that game is going to play for the national championship and you know Michigan get are going to go to the Rose Bowl. Michigan wins the game. A couple one loss teams. Boom. It's an even game. 04 is where it flipped. Michigan was better. Troy Smith won the game with a transformative performance in Ohio Stadium. 05, Michigan's in front, and Troy makes the play to Gonzo, and Ohio State wins. And 06 is a knockdown, dragout game, yeah. and Troy makes the plays, yeah, and Ohio State eye, wins. Point. Troy's the transformative guy that put this rivalry past the point of no return. And Harbaugh needs that. And look at him at quarterback. It's transfers, it's Jake Ruddock, it's John O'Corn. it's Shea Patterson. It's a mystery to me why Jim Harbaugh, a quarterback, a guy who had Andrew Luck. He could get Andrew Luck on a phone to make a phone call for him in a heartbeat to a high school quarterback. He's just picked the wrong quarterback. He had Brandon Peters, rated higher than Dwayne Haskins, didn't develop. He's got Dylan McCaffrey, rated as high as anybody, Obviously hasn't taken over. What's McCaffrey been at? What two, three years? Yeah. And so I don't he's, think he can throw the ball well it's enough. It's stopgap. It's just stopgap, and they're not going to change their fortunes until they get better at the most important position on the field.
1: So during my Twitter uh, storm last night, as I'm answering questions about the Ohio State Michigan game, and I said, "What was the one thing that stood out to me?" And the, the the one thing that stood out to me, and the one thing that doesn't Michigan doesn't have. The talk of the broadcast was Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. Name me the the last time that Michigan has had a dominant, transformative quarterback and a dominant, transformative running back together.
0: Mike Hart, Chad Henney would be as close. As, that's as close, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I, but that's when, that's in the 90s, right? Or early that's 2000s? Early or 2000s, or a, yeah. Okay, so, but it, it's, to me... I mean, you can go back and, and it's, a, it's a decade. It's yeah, a
0: decade. Well, Mike Hart's coaching college football. What
1: was who, who was the quarterback here with Carlos Hyde? Was it uh, Braxton Miller? Was it Braxton Miller and yeah. Carlos Hyde? Yeah. I mean, have they had that type of dynamic duo? Yeah, Braxton Miller and Carlos Hyde, J.T. Barrett and Ezekiel Elliott, Dwayne Haskins <laughs> and J.K. Dobbins. Guess who's winning when you have I those mean, kinds of players? I I mean so and I actually the more I watch that I don't think the, in the. The reporter meant it as an insult. It's I don't just think a he very did Very good observation. Look, it was a
0: tough question. It's a tough question. Yeah, it's a fair question. Yeah,
1: and Jim and I thought it, without the, I'm not going to answer your insults. Just say, well, yeah, they obviously outprepared us. They they outplayed us and they outperformed us. But he can't go bury his kids. And but I think th- to be honest, I mean, anybody that tells you that their recruiting is still not to where it needs to be. Is a liar, yeah. And I will tell you this: that we go around and we talk to every Division One coach or new coach that's getting a head coaching Mm -hmm. job. Even it's Greg Schiano about uh, uh, about the new Rutgers job. All right, what's the first thing you got to do? I got to recruit. Got to recruit. I got to win players. Yeah, that's it. Nobody talks about plays. Nobody talks about fundraising. Nobody talks about schemes. They all talk about getting the player. And when they talk about getting
0: the player, they talk about getting – they might mention staff, but believe me, when they're talking about
1: staff, they're talking about guys who can recruit. (laughs) So you and I have been doing radio a lot. Yeah. yeah. How many times have you heard me say, if if you're looking for a coach, the number one quality he better have is he better be able to recruit. Better be able to recruit. Then we'll look at the X's nose because I do believe at this level most everybody knows what they're talking about on a chalkboard. Yep. I'm looking at thinking they can talk on the chalkboard. I'm looking about how they relate to kids. And first and foremost, the number one thing on my checklist is how's this guy close on the road? It's like a salesman. Yeah. It's like you're CEO of a company. You better hire the best darn salesman out there. Uh, in that
0: vein, and with the marrying that topic to the Michigan topic, I wondered after the game, uh, the, A, the gap's getting bigger. It's not getting narrower. It's getting bigger. <laughs> Uh, sixty-two to thirty-nine looks really bad because sixty-two just kind of smacks oh, you in and the face. it was face. going in
1: for seventy until the kid got hurt.
0: Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was fifty-six to twenty-seven. By the way, is a bigger margin than sixty-two to thirty-nine. Yeah,
1: and, and Ryan Day took the foot off the gas. He did.
0: Ryan Day took the foot off the gas, which I don't is think more
1: he, embarrassing. Which for Michigan. is, I
0: don't think Ryan wanted because another touchdown. It's sixty-three, and I don't think he. I. I don't think Ryan he not felt want to get the need yeah. well i don't think he felt the need to do that because then it just sort of it can't do anything but help michigan in the future i think I, if you put 63 on i would have
1: put i would have put 100 uh, I mean, on him yeah, if i could have so would have urban you know that Yeah. I mean. so here's the thing
0: <laughs> after the game i'm thinking well let's get tapped Gap's getting bigger. You're not coming to Columbus and winning next year with Justin Fields, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson here. And whatever
1: running back he merges. Whatever
0: running back he brings in, you're not. You're not winning here. So now they're going to be 0-6, and you're going back to Michigan. You know, Okay, maybe that's the next time you have a realistic chance at winning is uh, 2021. Do you keep Jim Harbaugh? Well, they've pretty much committed to Harbaugh with a seven-year deal, and how do you fire the icon and all that. So then I go to, well, all right, can he say – Look, my offense has put up thirty nine and twenty seven. That's enough to win our defense. We we gotta make a change defensively. But they've so inflated Don Brown. And I think Don Brown's a really good coach and he's done a really good job with them against everybody but Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> but a that's
1: problem. the game they gotta win. It's a big man's game, Bruce. And the first thing I I tweeted out on Saturday and, and when we did our immediate reaction podcast was offensive line was dominant in pass protection and run blocking. I mean JK Dobbins how many times did he not even get touched first three touchdown runs were
0: five six and five yards had he wasn't a 33
1: yarder didn't get touched until he dives into the end zone he
0: wasn't touched on any of his touchdown runs down on the goal line uh, that's, that's, that's mean, insane dominance <laughs> at the line of scrimmage
1: so are you are you coming around to my I uh, know we'll wait for a final grade are you coming around to my belief that this is as a group the best Ohio State line? In history, as a unit,
0: um, have you seen a more I, you know, dominant it, it's, performance? It's not that I dispute that. It's just that I don't feel qualified. Okay. to make that's that. fair. I, I just, you know, they've had all Americans on the offensive it. line. They I, don't have an all American on this offensive line, but together as a unit, yeah, that's, that's my point. They're amazing.
1: It's amazing Let's to watch. See.
0: I do want to see them play against. Sure, some better teams. I just do.
1: I do too, because they, yeah. I I think they want to play against better teams they to too. get a true measure of how good they really are. Now, another question that was uh, brought to us on Twitter was, um, why do you think Clemson and LSU can go with them because they have the size and they have the speed athletically? Yeah, they can match up.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, in the Don Brown conversation, uh, Jim Harbaugh has a ticklish issue there, where. He, it looks bad to blame it on your defensive coordinator who you've lauded. But the problem may be going away without Harbaugh having to do anything about it. As there are reports this morning from a gentleman by the name of Mark Blouchin. Mark Blauchin is a friend of mine. No one that I know would know more about what's going on at Boston College than Mark Blauchin. So when Mark Blouchin tweets that Al Washington is... Way ahead of everyone else. Be a great hire, by the way, for the head coaching job at Boston College, and that he wants to bring Don Brown with him as his defensive coordinator. Al Washington played there; he might have played for Don Brown.
1: They worked together. There okay, too. so they
0: worked together. So Mark Blouchin um, of uh, the media guys on uh, Twitter, and Mark has his own Twitter. Uh, he's it's an SI affiliated site, but I've known Mark. I sat next to Mark at the Final Four for eighteen years. He's all over BC. He's all over everything in the Big East. Yeah. Uh, he he's the one who told me in confidence a couple weeks ago, Shiano's going to get the Rutgers job. It might be messy. He's, but he's dialed in get the Rutgers job. So Mark is totally uh, dialed in. He says Al Washington's the front runner, and that's a job Al Washington can't turn down because he makes the jump from position coach. He he jumps over the period of time you usually have to be a defensive coordinator. He jumps over that right to head coach. He's got to take that job.
1: I had a chance to talk with Al, and actually a friend of mine lives right by al washington i saw out grilling getting a grill ready for a Mm -hmm. a barbecue with the linebackers and uh i stopped over and, and started talking to him i love the guy and if i'm ryan day i'd be sad to lose a guy like al washington because one thing al can do besides coach linebackers is can recruit he's such a good guy his dad of course was a a guy that I looked up to, Al Washington, who was a linebacker here at Ohio State. But I think uh, if I'm Boston College, I'm all over that hire. I really do. It's a guy that played there, that's invested in it, that loves it. And he is a passionate guy for football. I hope he gets the job. That's really cool. And and, and he'd, he'd be smart to take Don Brown with him to get him out of there.
0: Uh, and I will say of Al Washington, my limited exposure to him, I would put him right there in the same category with Mike Yersich, Jeff Hafley. Wow. And in I didn't terms, think you'd go no, there. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, no. In ter- and Ryan, in terms of when they stand at the podium and when they talk, you're like, okay, this guy, if he <laughs> wasn't, a, it, right? if this guy it. wasn't a football coach, he'd be successful in whatever endeavor yeah. he's in. He's a smart guy, charismatic guy. Uh, Al Washington will be able to recruit at Boston College. Oh, yeah.
1: And, and, you know, the thing is, can you get him in? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole thing, right? All right,
0: Shiano's at Rutgers. It's uh, They kissed, they made up. He's getting an eight-year deal. He's getting all the facilities he wants and all that kind of stuff. Tell me where Rutgers is in five years. Uh,
1: better? 500? Is
0: Rutgers the third best team in the Big Ten East in five years? Because I think that's their ceiling. Are they better than everybody but Ohio State and Penn State in five years? Five years, a fair period of time? Ah. What's Michigan in? They need the Michigan's in the east. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm a,
1: if you go into Rutgers, don't you think they're in range of
0: you? Yes, yes. What'd okay, you they're an eight and three team. They're a nine I, and three team. I mean, they're yeah. you know
1: they are what they are. I think Rutgers could strive to be Minnesota, Wisconsin. Um, it's going to take a few years now. I mean, I can see why Greg wanted an eight-year deal, right? Yeah. Uh, I I think hopefully Lovey Smith turns it around in Illinois. I think uh, uh, Tom, uh, what's the coach at Indiana's? Tom name? Uh, Tom Allen. <laughs> Tom Allen seems to have it going at Indiana a little bit. So I think you strive for that mediocrity, to be honest with you. Which in the Breckers case,
0: so would Greg Shiano's striving for nine and
1: three. Nine and three is. I think nine and three would be yeah. tremendous for Greg Shiano. Okay, but he's got to play. Awesome.
0: play Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State every year. So there, yeah. So, so there's you're your three. two
1: and one. Michigan State. He's got to play Michigan 2-2. State. Two and two. Okay. Michigan's, uh, Michi- Michigan's I mean, da- Michigan State. If you're going to bring him down. in
0: and you're going to give him millions and millions and millions of dollars in facilities, you can't just say, yeah, we're doing that so we can be fifth in the Big Ten East every year. I mean, he's got to be better than two of the four quote-unquote th- yeah, elite I, teams I, I, in the East. I mean, yeah. you got to be better than Maryland, yeah. right? Yes. Oh, yeah. you got to be better than Indiana. Yeah.
1: Right, I think it's, and then you got to be better than two of the others. You're right. You're right. I I agree with you. You talked me into it. If if you were hiring, and can you do this, Chris? I would say yes. I can be third in the Big Ten East.
0: Yeah, I think that's what you say. You say I can be third in the Big Ten East, and I can get us in a New Year's Day Bowl. I can get us once every five years, six years. Two out of every five, I can get us in the Outback Bowl. You know, I don't know when the Gator Bowls played, but yeah. the Outback Bowl. The yeah. Outback Bowl is our Rose Bowl.
1: That's I was that's bowl. what he
0: should say. He should say, Look, I'm gonna recruit Florida and I'm gonna try to get us in the outback bowl or the Capital One Bowl. Well he
1: whatever had whatever it is. He now. had success because and I remember I did a lot of Rutgers games and Greg was the head coach and his success and he what he talk about again, number one thing, recruiting. Yep. And he talked about the state of Rutgers and keeping all those Jersey kids who fly all over the world to every different college team to play for except Rutgers for some reason. So he's trying to keep it uh, at, at those Jersey kids home. If he can do that, then he'll have a chance to be competitive.
0: There's a long history in the Big Ten of every other team going into Jersey and getting guys, Ohio State, Malcolm Jenkins, Oh, you, know, uh, you know, they got Iowa had
1: a bunch of guys. From Iowa Jersey. a bunch of guys.
0: Ron Dane is from Wisconsin, Wisconsin from New Jersey. Minnesota Barry Alvarez made a lot of hay there. Penn State Michigan, gets guys yeah. from Jersey. New uh, yeah, Jabril Peppers at Michigan. Jersey's a so uh, you know they're players uh, there.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I, th- I think it's a it's a great high school football state and tough guys too. Really. One of the toughest guys, hardest hitters I played with here at Ohio State was a guy named Zach Dumas. I don't know if you remember yeah, Zach Dumas. Big from, hit
0: in the uh, aforementioned
1: yeah. uh, Hall of Fame ball. I think Zach was from was it, was
0: targeting, Camden, by the
1: way. Camden, New Jersey, I think. And Zach will hit you, boy. Oh, tough player. Ask really Stacey good player. Danley.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of tough guys and uh, recruits that you would wish you had kept in state, here is Michigan Heisman Trophy winner Charles Woodson. It was not a good day to beat Charles Woodson on Saturday. Come on, Charles. Speak up, my friend. Where are you, Charles? All right. Uh, uh, I'm going to try this again. All right. I just got too many buttons here, Spiels, to uh, to press. And maybe we and, can hire. We can somebody. hire an engineer. We had somebody volunteer, but we I can't afford. To our end of the bargain, we can't give all of our energy before the game and, and not have that type of energy after the game because we went out there and we got we got we got rolled over basically. I'm exhausted, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, I'm exhausted because I put a lot of emotion into it as a fan and yeah. as a former player and, you know, to watch what happened today. We, we played a better team, yeah. make no mistake about it, give them credit for the way they came out here, handled business. To me, it just seems like this game, we talked about this, you talk about a way of life, it's evident
1: for that team that it's a way of life. I don't know how we get back to it, but we got to get back yeah. to it. We're
0: not- there you go. He's right, and I applaud him for admitting it.
1: Well, I mean, I'm just—I uh, thought he handled himself really well there. I thought I, I get the the pregame stuff, and everyone was kind of just sitting there. Did you see? That? Or what? Like a? Yeah, I mean, what? Like, yeah, it's it's you like wanting to club a baby seal, <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> and gloat in that situation. Well, I mean, Charles was having fun and all that, but I think uh, the thing that you never want to say as an analyst, and I try never to say is I don't know what you do. I know what you do. You've got to get better players. You get better players. I and I know people will get upset when I say that and but if you if you don't acknowledge a problem, you can't fix the problem and you've got to get bigger guys up front. Than you talked they have about right now. If you don't acknowledge it you can't fix it. That's Dr. Phil telling you that, so you better listen.
0: There you go. You talked about their dominance up front. J.K. Dobbins, 103 yards in the first half, 108 yards in the second half, 31 carries, 211 yards, four touchdowns. Justin Fields, 14 of 25. He averaged 21 and a half yards per completion. He threw for 302 yards on yeah. 14 completions. And oh, by the way, four touchdowns to wait for it four different guys Alave, KJ Hill, Garrett Wilson, and Austin Mac.
1: So, do you remember the first game of the year I tweeted out this group of wide receivers yeah. is basically unguardable? Yeah. And they are. The only the only I think bad play I thought um Benjamin Victor could have come back for a few more balls. And of course, Alave. I think I don't know if he lost it or the wind blew it and hit him right in the face. Hit but, him in the mask, yeah. But I mean, you know, those guys go; they get another opportunity. So the mistakes
0: to, are on the film. You're yeah, saying, yeah, like yeah There's plenty say. to learn
1: from there. You know, <laughs> unlike the Michigan guys, who seemed the, their hands were allergic to the football in the second half. So they last had seven year, drops. Think
0: of this: last year it's 62 to 39, and you're Michigan, and you're like, okay, well, we're not having that anymore. <laughs> yeah. And over the offseason, Ohio State loses Urban Meyer. They lose Dwayne Haskins, who threw for six touchdowns in that game. They lose... The leading rusher for the Buckeyes from that game, Mike Weber, who had 96 yards and one touchdown. They lose Paris Campbell, who had almost 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns. They lose Johnny Dixon, who also had a touchdown yep. catch in that game. Terry and they lose McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. Who <laughs> didn't tearing up a, the NFL. Who didn't have a touchdown catch in that game, but, oh, by the way, can play a little bit. And they beat you worse. And they beat you worse. And you, by the way, have Shea Patterson back and DPJ back. And you have all your guys back. And they beat you worse at your place
1: they beat you worse yeah i i i know the answer and it, it, the problem is for michigan it's easy to point out what the answer is as in life it's very difficult to execute yeah the answer and i i somebody had a good tweet and gave me an idea last night i don't know how many kids they have on from the state of ohio but i don't six. know six
0: That's it? Their only starters from the state of Ohio are their long snapper and their
1: punter. Okay. And so I don't know if Jim has not put an emphasis on the state of Ohio, but I do know this. We just played a clip from Charles Woodson. Yeah. And you think a guy that killed us in 1985, John Colasar, wide receiver, state of Ohio. Desmond Howard. Lawrence Ricks, Desmond Howard, Elvis Gerbach, Mike Gerlock, who was a tremendous—I don't know if you remember him, Bruce—he was a really good uh, linebacker from Lakewood, St. Eds. Lawrence Ricks was a really good running back from uh, uh, Rob Lytle. Yeah, Rob Lytle, from Dan Deardorf. I so <laughs> I mean, here's Jim the thing. Mandich. I mean, yeah. once again, I'm here yeah. Go in ahead. good faith. Go ahead, do it to save Michigan again. <laughs> if you really wanna you. start competing with Ohio State. Now listen, I really want them to hear this. The formula has been set in place, just like Bo almost got me. Bo set it in place yeah. for you. Yeah. He not did. to mention the previous coaches. Not to mention Gary Moeller or Lloyd Carr. They gave you the formula. You want to compete against Ohio State? Go into Ohio. You got
0: to compete 360
1: there. Players, you got to compete three
0: sixty-five.
1: You can't be. There's something special about Ohio high school football players. I get the talent in Florida, the talent in Texas. I get all that, but if you want pure, unadulterated, nasty, passion-loving players that are very talented, that are good enough to play in the NFL, just look at Ohio State's roster. You, Michigan, do what you used to do, come to Ohio. And compete against Ohio State for Ohio State's guys because you're going to continually get your rear ends kicked on the field if you don't recruit against Ohio State and start winning those battles.
0: And I would say that. Thank you. Again, that part of it's never been easier because Ohio State is taking fewer Ohio players than they've ever taken in the Trestle era, in the Earl era, and even in the Cooper era. To a lesser extent, but still more so, their foundation was Ohio. Now their foundation are, all right, who's the best? The foundation is, all right, who's the best? Who's Jeff Okuda, Texas, J.K. Dobbins, Texas. That's a luxury they have. They have the luxury they have, and they can play it. But I'm saying why Jim Harbaugh has allowed Michigan State to play here in the state of Ohio and take the guys out of Pickerington and places like that where there are players, uh, you know, who's one of his best players he's been there? Jake Butt, Pickerington. I mean, it's just – it's. I don't understand what they're doing, and they got to look at everything they're doing. But, it, <laughs> but, it, but they got miles to but make But
1: here's, here, here's the thing. I mean, I, I, I imagine that the people at Michigan don't think much of me. I, I Because of with the previous podcast uh, when I tried to help them, and now I'm trying to help them again. Who are you to tell us what to do? We're Michigan men, and, you know, we loved you as a— Lying, but you're buckeyes and you don't care about me. I care about football in general and I care about competition. There is no competition right now. And if you're saying there is and you're lying you're just you're deceiving yourselves. And so here's how to fix it. You need to start coming in and look at your history and where your great players are from. They're not from the state of Michigan. They're not from no, they're not. Florida. They're not from Wisconsin or Jersey or California. They're from Ohio, and I made this statement on a radio show with Bo Schembechler. I said, "Bo, the best. What's the best thing about Michigan that comes from Ohio?" You know, I don't. Know. I, I said, "You." I said, "Think where Michigan football would be without the contributions of the state of Ohio players." Where would it be? It would be Indiana or Illinois. It would be what it is now is what yeah, it would be. So, yeah, yeah, they'd be eight and nine yeah, and three. It'd be nice. Nice little cute yeah. team up there. Yeah. Just crying. Little engine it <laughs> give, could give us <laughs> plucky underdogs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, and is I just don't. Is that fair, though? I mean, is that? Uh, this is absolutely fair. I want to go in. Here's, a, here's a, you,
0: you, I don't, I, I kind of flinched when you said that, you know, the Michigan people think that you're out to get them. I know I know you and I know when I see on the internet you know there are ex Buckeyes who like to dunk on them. You're not that. No. you're not that. You played up there for the Lions. You have a great respect for the rivalry and look, I'll say it this is not a rivalry anymore. It's not fun what it's become. Nebraska, Oklahoma used to become a great rivalry. Yeah. nobody misses it anymore. Florida State, Florida. Miami and Florida, there's some that cycle in and cycle out like those latter two, but there's some that were, you know, tri- they had a long history. This one's history. This this rivalry's on life support. It's on life support. Well, it mean, needs a transfusion yeah. on the Michigan side. You said it years ago, kind of snarky, but you're right. They've not held up their end.
1: Charles Woodson just said it. Yeah. They've not held up their end. They have not. It's a partnership. It is and just to show you my respect for Michigan and I know we have some people that are tuning in for the first time I've never heard this story before but you and I have talked about it my respect for Michigan is is so great when I was with the lions I used to go over and watch film with their linebackers for spring football because I wanted to help young guys play mm-hmm. linebacker I don't care what helmets they were on and you know I wasn't Woody crazy where ah, we're not buying gas in the state of Michigan. You know, I I, I I, didn't. that's not me. And I want them to hold up their end of the bargain. I don't want them to beat us, but I want them to be competitive. And the answer is up your recruiting, up your standards for what you're looking for in players. Either you need better talent evaluators or once you get them there, you need to do a better job of developing once they get there. And you have to come back to Ohio, the heart of it all. You do. You have to come get some Ohio kids. Ohio kids are special, Bruce. I'm telling you, there's a certain pride in the state of Ohio for high school football players. They're, they're, they are they love the game. They're passionate. They will fight till the very end. That's what we are in a state of Ohio as far as a football state, and we make no apologies for it. There you go, Michigan. I'm trying to help again. Thank you. To me, it
0: equates to the situation a few years ago where the U.S. was always getting its butt kicked in the Ryder Cup. And finally – you know, they said, look, we need to examine everything we're doing. We need to find a guy. We need to rethink everything we're doing. We need to, like, figure out how to partner people. We need to look at the mental side. We need to look at the physical side. Michigan needs to invest that kind of effort. And I would say one of the places where they need to start is they need to forge better relationships with the Ohio high school coaches because I guarantee you Ohio high school coaches are are not wild about the fact that Ohio State looks elsewhere and recruits elsewhere first. And so there's an opportunity to be – Taken advantage of there, that would be my recommendation to them. Well, they but it's their, a long yeah. investment over time for them, and this is this thing is not flipping anytime they soon. They
1: had that, that little pipeline going up with that Cleveland parochial school system that I here I, I'd go I'd go the whole state. Yeah. I, I well, mean, they tried
0: it with Rick Finati from Saint Eds, and I don't know that hasn't. He became their director of football ops for a while. I don't even know if he's still there anymore. But you know, look, they've uh, it, it, they got uh, they got they got to look at everything they're doing. The results, what they're yeah. doing is not working. They're, they're treading re-evaluate. water. They're treading water, and then Ohio State comes by and you know pushes their head underwater every year on the final <laughs> hey, Saturday dude. in November.
1: They do. Oh, you're adorable over there. Do. Look yeah. at the little guys trying over there.
0: Take a deep breath. Here we go. <laughs> Under you go. All right. Now it's Ohio State and Wisconsin. The rematch, absolutely uh, no one clamored to see. I didn't want to see and it. And it's in Good for Indianapolis Saturday night at 8 o'clock. And uh, I listened to Paul Christ yesterday and Ryan Day yesterday, and they're both saying, yeah, we're different teams now. We're different teams now.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: are they? They're different, I suppose. I mean, they're five weeks apart. I think but
1: quarterback for Wisconsin is better than he was when Ohio State played him. He's
0: going to need to be. I would assume they're going to be different in how they try to block Chase Young. or not block him in that case. I was looking at the game yesterday, the play-by-play from that game. It was 10-7 to midway through the third quarter, and as he has done all year um, in understated ways, Justin Fields flipped the game around. His scrambling, his ability to convert third downs. Now, look, his knee... Kind of conditions his knee in after that hit that he took on Saturday. Is he less likely to run the football? Ohio State does not need to win this game to get in the college football playoff. They're in. Uh, I believe LSU is in. Uh, It's one of those rare years where there aren't a bunch of fallback candidates. I think. uh, Well, there are those who say, well, if Clemson loses, tell me something. Uh, What are they going to do if uh, Baylor beats Oklahoma, Georgia loses to LSU, and – Utah loses to Oregon. You're going to put Baylor in with one loss? I mean, they the committee does not Whoever's like Baylor. If you look champion. at Baylor will be a conference <laughs> champion, <laughs> but Baylor's non-conference schedule is a complete embarrassment. Uh, they apply the eye test on Ohio State over LSU, which I have no problem with. If you're going to apply the eye test for the difference between one and two, you need to apply the eye test on the difference between four and five, and nobody's going to make me believe that one loss Baylor is better than two loss Alabama or
1: two loss Georgia. I agree. Yeah, I agree. But it, it well, it comes down to again, does conference championships mean anything? And last year we saw that it didn't, with Ohio State being snubbed.
0: Yeah. And they've snubbed Penn State when Penn yeah. State was a conference champion. So I don't know. We'll see. But uh I would it, it's gonna come down, let's say Oklahoma beats Baylor and Utah beats Oregon. It's gonna come down to Oklahoma and Utah. I watched Utah Saturday, I wasn't impressed. Oh, they're ugly. I'm not, they Im-, get it done. I'm not impressed with Oklahoma either, but Jalen Hurts is, you know, kind of a guy who will turn
1: television yeah. sets on and yeah.
0: don't let yourself uh, be <laughs> dissuaded. That is always a factor. You
1: think Jalen Hurts will get more eyeballs in Utah?
0: Yeah, because look, that's the team that's probably going to be playing Ohio State. So if it's a blowout, you know, are people going to watch. Because of Jalen Hurts, I think Jalen Hurts. Well, look, Ohio State's going to deliver the ratings, no matter what. So yeah. maybe they don't even care who it is. I mean, well, they care, but maybe it's a not a better game,
1: game. I think is Oklahoma because Oklahoma can score. Now the question yeah, yeah, is, like do they factor a little, little bit of? Do they hold? There? Do they hold Ohio State to under forty five? <laughs> you know, I, I don't. I don't know if that's the case.
0: I don't know either. But uh, LSU, uh, now that Auburn beat Alabama, everybody around here loves it when Alabama loses. The problem is it helps LSU because it makes Auburn look better. And yeah. Now LSU, when the rankings come out tomorrow night, there will be in the top 12 Bama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia. All four will be in the top 12. Yeah. And if LSU beats Georgia, LSU will have wins over four top 12 teams. Ohio State will have a win over three. Penn State.
1: Top 20 teams, I guess. Um,
0: top, But top 12? I don't think Wisconsin will still be in the top 12 after Ohio State beats them.
1: I don't. Yeah, I mean. I, I So
0: LSU can make the argument, look, we've played a much tougher schedule, and we're in the toughest league, and mm. we should be number one. I think what Ohio State know.
1: has done has been so special this year. What the closest team has well, been, Penn State.
0: Penn State, 11 points. Their average margin of victory, and this is kind of serendipitous with uh, Wisconsin next on the uh, schedule. Yeah. Their average margin of victory is 38.7 points and 387 was the score of the Wisconsin yes. game. Jonathan Taylor's played twice against Ohio State he doesn't have 100 yards. I don't mean he doesn't it's have 100 yards in either game. I mean he doesn't have 100 <laughs> yards total. 39 <laughs> carries for less than 100 yards. They used him as a decoy Saturday against Yeah, well, I mean uh, that's Gophers. I think
1: that's what they have to do. They have to throw the ball early First So down, hopefully yeah, I mean hopefully to get Jonathan Taylor on track and make Ohio State adjust, but I just think I I, I just don't think athletically they they can throw the ball uh, consistently like Michigan tried to do to try to beat Ohio State.
0: Okay, Pittsburgh. Here's started. a here's a uh, we don't know what kind of condition Justin Fields is in. Would you rest Justin Fields and try to win this game with Chris Chuganoff to not expose Justin because they did sack Justin Fields five times. I would times.
1: see. Uh, I mean that would all depend on you know the severity of the injury. I if it was a chance that he can hurt it more, as opposed to the regular chances of him hurting it, I would seriously consider it. Yeah. So I mean, I think
0: they got nothing to lose, and I think I they mean, could win the game I, with. I mean, you,
1: you take a look at it. I mean, what's more important to you? Be the Big Ten champions or be the national champions? Yeah. They're not talking about Big Ten championships over there. No, they they might, they might give it lip service, but you don't think they're thinking Big Ten championships. Oh, that no, we got to win a Big Ten. I don't care. I don't right. care about the playoff or the yeah. national championship. Our goal is the Big Ten. Yeah, sure it was back in nineteen seventy eight. Okay, speaking of LSU, did you see what Joe Burrow did? Yes, senior night at LSU. How cool was that? Uh, it was. I thought it was great. I thought it was a classy move on Joe and, and being embraced and. Well, Joe, I was thinking about this on the plane last night. So if... Here's what he did. He came out for introductions. Yeah. His jersey on the
0: back was B-U-R-R-E-A-U-X. So what if... uh, The Cajun way of the O-O sound. Joe Burrow. So that's what he did.
1: If Joe, uh, J.K., Chase, Justin were the four finalists at the Heisman Trophy ceremony four buckeyes four buckeyes yeah somebody asked me about joe burrow winning the heisman i said yeah it'd be, it'd be nice if a, another house state graduate <laughs> would win the heisman <laughs> trophy absolutely another buckeye getting a heisman trophy do um, we get
0: part of that you want to talk about recruiting do we get part you, of
1: that you
0: you <laughs> the heisman trophy winner was your guy for three years you let him go and you won a national championship <laughs> the year you won the high yeah,
1: That's the statement right there. <laughs> we would tw- tweet that out, my friend. That's amazing. That's that's an amazing thought right there. You're on your A game today. Oh, thank you very much. Well, it's shocking, true. but true. Pittsburgh started it. Pittsburgh started it. <laughs> Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> uh, Why would he wear that shirt, Bruce? Why would because he do Cuz
0: he's Freddy Kitchen. Why would that's you why? do that? It's a Freddy Kitchens thing but to do. why would he do that?
1: I, I'm seriously I don't you can't. Well, he you, says cuz his daughters gave him the shirt and I thought it was okay, cute. That's okay, okay, where's where, where where the, the house? house? I mean, where I, to the bed? I got a lot of cute shirts my kids give me. Like I my favorite one is uh, I would I would flex, but I like this t-shirt. Yeah. I don't wear that out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh yeah! So the Steelers yesterday uh, beat the Browns twenty to thirteen in a game the Browns led ten to nothing in a game the Steelers played without Marquise Pouncey, without James Conner, without Juju Smith Schuster, and without Ben Roethlisberger. Of course, they also played as they have all year without Le'Veon Bell, and without Antonio Brown, and they came back from a ten nothing deficit behind the immortal Devlin Hodges. <laughs> um and Baker Mayfield started uh, 10 of 12, he finished 8 of 20. Uh they they ran the ball 6 times in the second half. 6 times with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt uh, apparently not kidnapped at halftime. Uh they were there in the second half. Uh Odell Beckham, 3 catches for 29 yards. Jarvis Landry though got 6 for 76.
1: Here's uh question was asked to me on Twitter during my lovely stay in Newark, New Jersey, in the beautiful Newark airport. Should Freddie Kitchens be fired? I I don't think so. I think he gets one more year. But I said it's a results-oriented business. One more year. Team just need to stop creating self-induced chaos. Shoes, celebrations, T-shirts, fights, fights with reporters— None of that has anything to do with winning.
0: You left out visors and visors, visors. You know,
1: and visors and, and all the special things that they seem to place an importance on. Arguing with people. Um, so
0: you left out swinging a helmet, hitting a guy.
1: Ah, uh, that's fighting. Okay. Uh,
0: Every year, this is no ki- no kid. But that, but, From the time I did radio in Cleveland, and the first year I did it, you know, we had Peyton Hillis was going to drop out of the NFL and become a secret agent. <laughs> I said to myself. I need to keep a calendar week by week of all the Browns nonsense that comes up in weeks one through six because by the time we get to week 14, there's been enough nonsense between week seven and week 14 that I've forgotten all the nonsense from weeks one through six. And this year is. (laughs) That's a a, lot
1: of nonsense. Yet
0: another year where I didn't keep the calendar. (laughs) And occasionally someone will say something about (laughs) visors or something, and I'll go, oh, yeah, I forgot about when (laughs) visors were a big deal. You're always forgetting the stupid stuff they do because they keep doing more stupid stuff. But it's different guys
1: doing stupid of stuff. Of course, right?
0: this week it's Demarius Randall. Shocker, a guy the Packers gave up on because of attitude problems, skipping practice and getting left at home so they have to play rookie safety yesterday. And oh, by the way, James Washington got deep on him a couple of times, and that's how they lost the game. Why Why did he skip practice? What was the report? Know. Who knows? He just skipped practice because he's Demarius Randall. That's why. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, everything else is important to them do winning. They say winning's important, and they say do your job's important. And it may very well be, but there's things that prevent you from doing that. And it's the little things that add up to big things that create uh, a disappointing year. It's just it. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, like, it's, it really reminds me of a high school class. Yeah. It reminds me of a high yeah. school well, I don't understand. We talked about the Michigan
0: Ohio State rivalry and how Michigan has no chance because they don't have talent. In the NFL, the Browns have way more talent than the Steelers do. Oh my gosh! Skill not positions, even close. of course. So I mean, um, but hey, look, Mike Tomlin gets heat. I don't understand why he gets heat. They started zero and three. They've won six of seven without Ben Roethlisberger. Now you know you can win a couple here there. Sure. You win six out of seven. That's not a joke. That's not an accident. So,
1: That's not a coincidence. One of the measurements of great NFL coaches, in my opinion, is how you handle injuries and how your team responds to good players being out for long periods of time. And Mike Tomlin Tal- Mike has answered that challenge for me. I mean, he his leadership and staying focused and keeping the eye on the ball. And it- it's interesting with the Steelers. If guys get out of line there, they're out. Yeah, they're done. Bye-bye. And with the – I mean, I just don't under – I can't for the life of me figure – so if you were to go in there, and this is a job that I want. I want to be an NFL consultant, and I say, look, I'm coming in here, no prejudices. I'm just an outside pair of eyes, and I want to spend two weeks around your team during the season, and I want to give you a full report both on the field and off the field of things that I observed that maybe you have become blinded to, nose blind. You don't smell it anymore. Yeah. And I just, for the life of me, cannot figure out how they prioritize visors and shoes and celebrations and uh, smoking dope and swinging helmets and making commercials and everything. Why that's all more important than winning. Now, yep. you may say it's not more important winning, but guess what? Your actions dictate otherwise. And by the way, wearing a Pittsburgh Started It t shirt, have some self awareness. By your head coach. Have awareness of who you are and what you're representing. I love little cute gifts that my kids give me. Like I said, I would wear this t shirt. I like this, t- or I would flex, but I like this t shirt. I would wear that every day. I would love to wear it out in public, but I don't. Because I have a little bit of self-awareness left.
0: Apparently, he doesn't. He doesn't, and the Browns don't. And I'll tell you why the Browns get in those situations. I can give you the answer. Because when they are faced with an either-or decision on one on a player, they always say, well, we can't afford not to take him. Odell Beckham, oh, he's got a ton of drama. And blah, blah, but look at the talent. Oh, we got to take him. Demarius Randle. He's a good player, but boy, he's a malcontent in Green Bay. Why would Green Bay want to get rid of him? But you know what? He's such a talent, we can't afford to get rid of him. Antonio Callaway in the draft. Look at this guy. He's sitting there. His talent is off the (laughs) chart. Yeah, but he's a triple threat. He's been suspended for domestic violence, theft, and something else. That's okay. We can't afford not to take him. So every single guy. Every single instance where you can make a decision on, you know, this guy's probably not good for our culture. There's a reason why they're willing to trade him. There's a reason why nobody's drafting him. There's a reason why that team's willing to release him. But that's okay. We can change him. Or his talent is such that, man, we just can't afford not to take that kind of a talent. Well, after a while, instead of having one of those guys and counting on the other 52 guys on your roster to keep him in line... Now, all of a sudden, you have seven or eight of those guys. And guess what? It only takes about three or four of those guys to mess up the culture for all 53 of your guys. And so, you have visors and shoes and helmet swinging and this, that, and the other because you weren't willing to make a tough call on somebody and go, you know what, I'm not going to be blinded by the talent. I'm not because the the intangibles that he brings to our team are more damaging than the tangibles are beneficial. Until they develop that discipline organizationally, they are not going to be anything other than what they are, which is a colossal disappointment and a recurring joke.
1: And a one, two, three, me team. Not a one, two, three team. One, two, three, me.
0: That's just who they are. I mean, you can say. Look, Odell Beckham's been a model citizen, Bruce. He hasn't done you know, just a visor, and who cares about that, la, 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 la Okay, Odell Beckham, on a football level, did not show up for minicamp, did not put in the work with Baker Mayfield. Who does Baker Mayfield feel comfortable throwing a football to? Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is going to have a better year than Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham is 12th in the NFL in targets, 21st in yards, and 22nd in catches. Is that because he's not a good player? Is that because Baker Mayfield you know, can't get him the ball? No, it's because Baker Mayfield doesn't trust him, doesn't know him. And why doesn't he know him? Because the hard work, the mundane work, that one foot in front of the other, breathe in, breathe out, non-glamorous, nobody on Broadway is watching kind of work ethic that you need to develop that trust with your quarterback. Odell Beckham is not going to put that ahead of all his other endeavors. We forgot about the watch, Spiels. We talked visors and shoes and helmets and this and that and and the other t-shirts. We didn't forget about the watch. We forgot about the watch because I didn't write it on the calendar. Because I didn't keep the calendar of Brown's nonsense. That's your fault. That's where we
1: are. Every year.
0: (laughs) Every year. (laughs) Right? I knew there'd be something I'd forget about. I forgot about the watch. And then I forgot I'm going to wear the watch. I don't care. But I'm going to wear
1: the watch. Just like I'm going to get another penalty. I, oh. I don't care. I mean, that's, but that's, I'm offering my services to 32 NFL teams that let me come in during the season, uh, during the week to observe your program, your practices, your players, their attitudes. I'll give you a breakdown report. I'm biased, coming in with a fresh set of eyes and tell you what I think. It's just somebody that's been around the game and the business and knowing, I think, what it takes to be a good player, and I'll just give you a fresh set of eyes and tell you what I think. And uh, that way, because I think if you're around it so much, you start. this is so much uh, that people have to guard against in, in NFL teams, you start hearing what you want to hear and not hearing anything else and only seeing... What you want to see, so that's why it's a good idea to get a fresh set of eyes on it. There's my uh, again. I'm helping the world of football, Bruce. I'm just a a giver. All I do is give, give, give. But you can't have any
0: impact unless they give act you give you authority and act on it. And they'll, I mean, they'll they just say, give "Oh, gee, me thanks th- for
1: your input." Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, they can take it for what they want. I mean, you know what? I mean, Look. I like people coming in. It, 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 now, I'm going to get a little serious here. It's like having a faith accountability partner. Absolutely.
0: You better believe it is. It's exactly
1: that. That you are saying or seeing things maybe not like this guy is observing you from afar and saying, you may not want to hear this, and it may not seem like it to you, but at least take it under advisement That's and right. look at it. That's right. Then make your choice and your decision.
0: That's right. Uh, but look- John Dorsey with the Browns is the same John Dorsey that he was with the Chiefs. Marcus Peters, Justin Houston, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt. Great players who he said, I just cannot afford to say no to these guys. And they come in, they perform well for a while. But did the Chiefs win any Super Bowls? No, they did not. And is Marcus Peters still a Chief? No, he is not. Is Kareem Hunt still a Chief? No, he is not. There's a reason why a talent like Marcus Peters travels from team to team to team. Because... Teams get fooled on the talent, and then they get there and they go, "Man, we can't deal with this guy. This guy's a net negative." And the Browns have a bunch of guys like that.
1: Yeah, but he can sport a hundred thousand dollar watch like nobody else. And he's going to keep wearing it, no matter if he gets fined or not.
0: All right, uh, weird uh, situation with Clay Helton. Uh, one of my colleagues, Tell the at, people who Clay Helton. Clay wanted. Helton's a coach at USC. Uh, I don't know if Clay Helton's still the coach at USC or going to be the coach at USC or whatever, we'll keep our eyes on the USC he's thing. still the coach
1: as of this recording.
0: As of this recording, yeah, at uh, 9.03 a.m. But yesterday it was reported by somebody affiliated with Sports Illustrated that he was going to be fired. Then it was uh, disputed by Pat Forty and many others in the media, Pat's with SI now, that he's not going to be fired. And then this morning I saw, I think I saw that... Uh, uh, my, our old friend Sports by Brooks said today on his uh, that he's coming up at noon today on his fan cred show. I want to make sure I got this right. Uh, but I think Brooks said that uh, Clay Helton is going to be out, and that
1: uh, James Frank. here's
0: the here's the the tweet from uh, Sports by Brooks an hour ago. Clay Helton remains USC coach for the moment, but he will not return in 2020. I will tell you who will replace Helton, and it isn't a guess. At noon on uh, his show on Fancred, you can find it's, that on Twitter at Fancred. I'll tell
1: you right now, it's going to be James Franklin. James Franklin, yeah. and then Matt Rule's going to Penn State, the I, Baylor coach.
0: I I I, uh, I concur. I watched the movie <coughs> uh, Catch Me If You Can over the weekend. I concur with that. Uh, but imagine the inner conflict in Urban Frank Meyer if he could have the USC job and the Dallas Cowboys job. Here's the here's the he the, chooses to remain a restaurant tour. That's the
1: <laughs> uh, get out of the restaurant business. No, just <laughs> because you had a bad experience. Yes. Uh,
0: okay. So you Ted, I, you said on the podcast last week. So I'm not violating a confidence. You said on the podcast last week. You talked to Urban. Okay. You talked to Urban. Can you tell us what you talked about? Anything about getting back into coaching? Does he have the itch? Does he?
1: Well, this was no. I don't. I didn't talk to him about coaching. I was okay. talking to him about the atmosphere at Michigan okay. and how he handled all that stuff. And it was I think this the the interesting thing? The only thing. That really would be a tough draw, and my crew, all we do is talk Ohio State, mm-hmm. either anti or pro. No bigger fan in Ohio State football than Tom Brenneman. Loves the Buckeyes. If you watch our broadcast, it's uncomfortable love because it's always the <laughs> mighty Buckeyes. Um, Boy, imagine
0: if Tom Brenneman and Joel Klatt were doing a game together. He's- <laughs> Nothing but licking of the boots. <laughs>
1: He asked me, he said, What if what if the Dallas Cowboys come after Urban, Chris? Would he take it? And my initial this is no inside information. Yep. Didn't talk about this. My initial reaction was no. And the only reason I say no is why would he want to tarnish his legacy? He's basically taking big noon fox. Over the top, which they actually beat game day from 11 to 12. 11 to 12, they did. Yeah. You think Urban Meyer has anything to do with that? He's a of Hall he of Fame does. college coach. Now, maybe when he was 45, he might have looked at the Cowboys' job. Then the question was asked to me, what if Ryan Day? That's what I was going to ask you. Was offered the Cowboys' job. Yeah. I would, in my initial, just my initial thought reaction, was that Ryan Day would be in a three-point stance sprinting to the airport to catch the next American Airlines flight to DFW. Do you concur and agree with that? I had
0: that conversation with someone who has a very informed opinion on it, and their thought was my thought, which is, boy, that's messy. You're here one year, and off you go. And I said, yeah, but... It's the Dallas that Cowboys. The it's Dallas not the Jacksonville Jaguars I said it's only open when it's open. And obviously, Jason Garrett's roller coaster career shows you Jerry Jones is not a, you know, he's not a guy who fires coaches willy-nilly. He's not Jimmy Haslam. So you got to take, you can only take a job when a job open. And the job might, the next guy goes in there with their <laughs> talent, it might not ever be open again. So I don't know Ryan's mindset. I just think that'd be a very hard thing for Ryan Day to say no to, because and it's a guess. I mean, I my guess is he wants to at someday test himself against the best in the National Football League. Uh, but I but I I will tell you that Ryan Ryan's postgame reaction on the field Saturday was very interesting. He was emotional winning that game. But I think what has come out to me in him in that emotion and in him talking about the Ohio State job is that the I was going to say uh, narrow margin for error, the non-existent margin for error, <laughs> as Ohio State's head football coach, I think is a real oppressive thing in in his life. In the in the NFL, you go twelve and four, you're a you go ten and six, you're a
1: genius. Ten and six, yeah. Now you get in usually at ten and now six. I
0: think twelve and four would tear Urban's insides apart. I don't think it, he could deal with true. four losses. I think Ryan is geared differently. Uh, yeah. And so Plus he's has he yeah.
1: has NFL experience. NFL he he experience. knows what it's like in the locker room. He knows how to talk. He knows how to coach those guys. I'm telling you. And again, this is just, just my years just, just of experience yeah. and observation. If Jerry Jones called Ryan Day, how about them Cowboys, Ryan? Yeah. What time's the flight? T- I mean, <laughs> they got- wouldn't, it wouldn't be. Uh, by the way, it wouldn't be an American Airlines. It'd be Jerry's private jet picking you have- him up.
0: <laughs> If you, only you could get that. If only oil you could get that. The oil right. money. Uh, you got Zeke Elliott signed for a long time. You got Dak Prescott, who's, you know, pretty good. I think you can win with him. You got a great offensive line. You got a great young defense. <laughs> it's the Dallas Cowboys, man. It's the New York... Look, it's, it's the NFL version of Ohio State. It's the NFL version of the New York Yankees. There are just some jobs that... Don't open. it. when you get the chance to get him, and I think Ryan Day is going to win a national championship this year.
1: Um, It's the Dallas a, Cowboys. It's a temptation, man. Do you think Buckeye fans would uh... – There would be some that would be, you know, upset. Yeah, that, but some would on. be ha- – I'd be happy for the guy. I mean, it's the Dallas Cowboys. I'd be Cowboys. thrilled for
0: the guy. I mean, come on. you got to – the guy's done a tremendous job here. Evaluate the job he's done. Evaluate his love for the position. He didn't come in here with his bags packed. I mean, he's, you know, he's been here. He's, what do you got to argue about with his three years on campus? Dude's done a tremendous job. So, again, he might be here for 10 more years, for all I know. What I'm saying, that'd be a very, very tough thing for him to say no to. We invite you to review our podcast uh, on iTunes. really helps us. We appreciate it. Uh, This one is from Phil. Phil says, Chris and Bruce have an excellent podcast, Breaking Down Buckeye Football. Love their talk about faith as well. Uh, You guys encourage me every day, and I really appreciate that also love the fact that it is commercial free well it's it's long time commercial 8 9 minutes at a time commercial free but you know we do have hopefully have more <laughs> Commercial. Farms. Needs, farms. Did I get my
1: private jet ready yet? Or I, I'll talk to
0: Trev. I think <laughs> I think Trev can hook you up with a backhoe or, a bulldozer, <laughs> or a bulldozer or tractor. Private jet. Or some beef jerky. You at least while so, I'm some beef. That's right. Uh, he will do for you, Mister Spielman, the same thing he will do for Spielman and the listeners. He will give you a free pound of hamburger for every pound that you buy. Uh, I don't know if you're going to Indy, uh, take Stover Farms custom meats with you and grill out in the Lucas Oil Stadium parking lot. Or if you're home, hey, why not have a tailgate party at home and do it with uh, affordable and non-GMO, hormone-free black Angus beef grown on the Stover Farm and then processed and brought right down here to its retail store at 4,000 Presidential Parkway in Powell. Easy to find. Mention Spielman and Hooley. Get a free pound, a BOGO. Buy one, get one. You know what a BOGO is? It's one of those. Uh, oh, no, Bogo, buy one get one. B O
1: G O. I don't. It's, an acro- it's not how you roll. They call those acronyms nowadays. It, they do call those oh, acronyms.
0: Good. I' struggling for the word. Thank you very much. Uh, the, the <laughs> you know, I get no more
1: joy yeah. in life than to correct you like that. I love it.
0: <laughs> uh, the Cincinnati Bengals won the game yesterday, which is an anomaly. One and eleven now, and Zach. Uh, Zach Taylor gets Taylor. Yes. his big W there. He gets a big hug from his wife and his family. Good for good him. Good for him, man. It's and ha- I'm the, and happy the Bengals uh, was uh, which one of the Bengals? Bobby Hart said after the game, "I've never been in a closer locker room than this one." Yeah. Look, don't even don't make that about Marvin Lewis. Just make that about Zach Taylor's and got a good culture. What do we talk about with the Browns? Lousy culture. Steelers, great culture. If Zach Taylor can build a culture,
1: then well, you got a chance to win. He might have had a revolt on his hands if he didn't put Andy Dalton yep. back in there. He did the right thing. Because I'm telling you, the Bengals probably would have won three or four by now if Andy Dalton was a starter.
0: Best scenario ever for the Bengals yesterday. They beat the Jets 22-6. to The Dolphins win. Yeah. The Redskins win. Dee Haskins. The only team... Yeah, good for you, Simba. And he stuck around for the last snap this time rather than <laughs> taking a selfie. Uh, the only team that, you know, quote-unquote, gained ground on him in the... Uh, Race for the number one pick was the Jets, who have now lost to both the Dolphins winless and the Bengals winless. That's uh, quite an mm-hmm. accomplishment there for Adam Gase.
1: It is. got to wrap this up. Okay. You got to face it? Any Pat,
0: Pat Shermer Shur- stories for me yesterday? I, I saw a clip of Pat I had to mute on. Got to be better. Did he uh, – Tell is he getting canned? Is he going to be back or? Uh, oh, they're not. Boy they're Penn?
1: they're not happy with him. They're up not there. happy with Pat. No, he's seven. If you want and, details, you're going to have to find it on Twitter. Can they well, afford they, to let
0: a guy go who can quip like that?
1: He's seven and twenty nine. They <laughs> yes, fired yes. Uh, Ben McAdoo. Yes, they did. It was better than seven and twenty nine, and actually made the playoffs this first year. Yeah, good luck to that. But they're playing with a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Saquon's not playing like Saquon, and their defense is. I mean, we can get your girls and Sherry to have a better chance of stopping to pass.
0: Uh, the uh, They're good athletes, So, As that's we transition good. out of here on the faith portion of the podcast, I think we've hit on a couple of things today that uh, you can take your life life situations. And that's what faith's about. Yeah. It's about applying faith to your life. Chris in the airport last night, easy to be frustrated. And it's his third long delay of the year. Uh, you disciplined yourself. We talked about the Browns, their lack of discipline. That is much of the Christian life, folks. It is daily discipline. Yeah. It is, I don't feel like doing this. I don't want to do this. I got other things pulling at me that I'd rather do. I'd rather just honk my horn at that guy. I'd rather respond this way. It's a discipline. And you say, you know, okay, well, where does that discipline come from? I'll tell you, if it comes from just you, you're going to fail. Eventually, you're going to trip up. Uh, Satan's going to win. The dark forces of the world, you got to have a higher power than that. What is that higher power? It's Christ's power within you. It's the power that raised him from the dead. When you accept Jesus as your Savior and yield your life to him and make him your Lord as well, you get the Holy Spirit inside of you, the third member of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And if you'll access that power in you, and Chris has told you before how uh, the best way to do that is to say, Pray, I, I need help. Help me with my unbelief. Give me the power. Give me give me the ability to triumph over this. You go through the season and you play one game at a time. Fight your battles in your life one battle at a time. Don't think this battle's too big. I can't win the war. Don't win the war. Win the battle.
1: So give me some uh, the closing music. I'll read a couple verses that you just hit on, and so we'll back them up with Bible verses. And I always want to do this. Now I, I'm I feel like I'm a preacher when he's coming to the end of his sermon. Mm-hmm. And the music, the guy, at the piano starts playing really slow. Yeah, then
0: you know it's time for you to get yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> so but. time for you to wrap up, wrap up, right, It's like you're getting your Academy Award and right, start playing. I like music. Zach Williams. Yeah.
1: From uh, oh, this is from Zach Williams playing at the prison. Yeah, nice, Zach. very good stuff. So hopefully, you won't sue us for non licensed music. Well, we're spreading the word, Zach. Spread the word, Zach. You'll be fine. So, um, you talked about accessing the Holy Spirit. Go to Acts 1-8 in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to get a Bible, maybe a study Bible to help you put things in context. But Acts 1-8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the Holy Spirit will come upon you when you ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And when you say, hey, look, man. I'm a good dude. I try to do things the right way. I still make mistakes. But the good news is that I'm covered because, remember, we're not the children of God of Good Friday. We're the children of God of Easter Sunday, a risen God, not a dead God. Mm -hmm. So that's when the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Then I want you what I've tried to do, and I'm doing a better job of it. And I'm getting better, but I have to have a daily reminder to practice what I preach. And I did this last night at the airport. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. That's Ephesians 4.2. So these are not the philosophical ways that Chris and Bruce made up. We're not the inventor of this type of behavior. We are a follower, and it's okay to be a follower in this situation. So, those of you that know that your patience level, especially around holidays, around family, or stress at work, remind yourself, go to Ephesians 4.2. Write it down right now. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Then go back to Acts 1.8. How can I do that? How can I do my human instinct tells me to lash out. You will receive the when you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Acts one eight. There you go. Ephesians four two, Acts one eight. Check it out today, folks, and apply it. God bless you all. Thanks for listening.